0: It's time for the Fontenelle Final Bell on the World Radio Network. Clay Patton in for Susan Littlefield today, and she is again at the Nebraska State Fair. So stop by the KRVN booth and say hi to Susan. Joining in the trade today is Sean Hackett of Hackett Financial Advisors. And Sean, thanks for being able to join us. A little wild in your neck of the woods as you get ready for Hurricane Dorian to make landfall. But let's talk the commodities first before we get to that. And the wheat, the oats today, does not having a good day as they start to move into delivery. How many contracts were you seeing delivered, and, and can we come back from this?
1: Well, I mean, look, it, it, it's not unusual, especially you know post-harvest, to have strong deliveries um, and, and pressure prices into, uh, you know, into expiration. I mean, it, it, it cannot, it, it's happened before, and so we've, we've seen this. it always typically leads to a big rebound once you get through the delivery period. And so can we recover from it? Absolutely. But obviously, short-term, it's, it's pretty brutal. So it's pretty brutal.
0: Exactly. And then again, it's looking like it's those front month contracts trying to get this cash into it. We're still about 15 to 20 dollars over. We see our black CU competitors as well, the Russian ones. So do you think with a drop like this today, we might become a little bit more relevant in that export market?
1: Well, we are becoming more relevant, but it's always a moving target against what the dollar is doing against those currencies. And, um, you know, the, the dollar continues to rally higher. We continue to see other currencies fall. And so, If if that keeps happening, even though we fall, we don't necessarily catch up entirely because we're continuing to chase the carrot of a stronger dollar day in and day out. And so we are becoming more competitive, but the strong dollar does not help
0: um, us fully catch up. And talking about that U.S. dollar, right now we're making another big run today. We're looking at a new year, a new yearly high here in 2019 coming up on it. Is this really starting to get some steam under to be another bullish run up where we might get back into the Obama administration type dollar highs where we are above, you know, the 104, 105 range?
1: Well, I mean, you know, if we don't turn this market around pretty soon, uh, Clay, you know, that, that's typically what happens. The momentum traders come in, the algorithms come in. And and they just keep pushing it, pushing it. You know, the momentum just keeps driving it higher. And we're really at risk that if this goes too much further, um, you know, we're just going to run away to the upside. And so it's really important that it does not happen, you know, if we're looking for some, some stability here in the U.S. ag crisis.
0: Exactly, and a higher US dollar immediately ties back to that because with a higher dollar, it takes, it's harder to buy US commodities, so very important for our exporters. President Trump, though, has already taken to Twitter today criticizing the Federal Reserve once again, seeing the stronger dollar. Do you see that having any effect?
1: Well, I mean, at some point, talk needs to convert into action. Uh, you, 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 you can't talk the dollar down forever. You can try, but, it, you know, He has to stop talking about it and he has to take action about doing something to get the dollar down. Now, whether that means getting the Fed to do it or whether that means that Trump does some kind of a policy to force it down, um, but I don't think talks going to work anymore, Clay. I think it
0: needs to be action-oriented now. And on the flip side of that as well, President Trump taking and and talking about a big package for U.S. ethanol as well. Outside, he said more than just E15. But until traders see hard evidence of that actually coming out, they're going to stay. They're going to be shy of this because it's just happened too many times with no real results behind it. Yeah, you
1: know, unfortunately, you know the little boy that cried wolf. I mean, Trump is. A lot of exaggerated claims, and a lot of times it's not delivered on those exaggerated claims. And I'm not saying it's exaggerating today, but you're right. You know, we trust, but verify.
0: Exactly. trust but verify now let's switch topics here a little bit because right now one of your offices in boca raton florida so you guys are waiting the impending possibility that the latest hurricane could make landfall in your neck of the woods so let's talk about hurricanes and its effect on the markets as well what do you see some potential impacts to the ag markets due to a hurricane well I mean one that's uh,
1: coming into central Florida and potentially running up into the southeast I mean the markets that are usually most impacted by that would be obviously orange juice because of the citrus belt in central Florida, uh, the big cotton belt in Georgia, um, you know, that could get devastated by flooding, especially if bowls are open at the time. And interestingly enough, lumber can catch a bid. If there's enough structural damage and enough rebuild that needs to take place, you could have a huge surge for lumber, uh, demand and providing prices higher. So in a centrally based a uh, big hurricane like this. Those are the three markets that have tended to have the greatest, you know, reaction and impact if it delivers. If it delivers on the uh, on the current track.
0: And talking about getting these crops to the fish, like in much of the Corn Belt, the Midwest, the Rust Belt, if you will, the we've had these wet, cool temperatures. We're not really helping this get this crop into the end zone. But then we look at the southeast U.S., and they're the ones that really could, for the soybeans, for the corn market, we could get it there into the end zone. But with a hurricane coming through, really this now is a weather market kind of on two fronts, not only impacting the Midwest, but the southeast.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's not, you know, the southeast needed rains earlier in the year. Uh, now they don't. <laughs> you know, so, it's, um, Mother Nature's been very really cruel, as you know, play this year. It's just been, uh, you know, one thing after another, and, uh, and it continues to, uh, to be that way. So.
0: so, we've got a hurricane, we've got a holiday weekend approaching us. How do producers react to these markets? Are there actions they need to be taking now, or do they need to be looking further down the road in their marketing plan?
1: I, mean, I think right now, I mean, you, know, you, you need to be looking a little bit further down the road. Um, and because uh, there's still so much in front of us, uh, as you you know, mentioned about, you know, late developing crops, frost issues, delayed harvest, I mean, there's so much in front of us that I think, you know, we, we just need to have a little bit of a longer term view than we typically would have. Um, you know, typically we're looking at harvest lows, you know, harvest, run, you know, starting to really rock and roll a normal season, uh, this is anything but. So I think we need to look forward maybe a couple of extra months than we normally would and, It'd be a little patient here. I think it's going to take a little longer than normal to develop um, the, the endpoint here from what we
0: normally would see. Again, we're talking with Sean Hackett of Hackett Financial Advisors. Joining us here on the Fontenelle Final Bell, our thoughts and prayers are with Sean and his family as they again are preparing for the potential of a hurricane-making landfall. That could have its impacts not only on the softs and outside around the ag commodity markets, but it could have a big impact as well, bringing more rain to the southeast U.S., which as Sean just mentioned, maybe not needing it right now. Coming up next, we talk livestock as well as the dairy industry. You're listening to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the World Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Again, Clay Patton in for Susan Littlefield. Sean Hackett, Hackett Financial Advisors, joining us and talking the trade. Sean, we spent the majority of the segment one discussing the grains as well as the potential impacts of hurricane and a market weekend coming up on us. Now, let's switch over and go to the livestock, which for the cattle, they've tried to trade on both sides of Unchanged Day. We saw a little bit of gain, then we had come back. It was kind of the ebb and flow like with the stock market. Is this attributed again to those weaker cash prices we're seeing in the country?
1: I mean, it's certainly your cash prices doesn't help. Obviously, you know uh, the, the ongoing uncertainty over the status of the Tyson, uh, you know Kansas plant that's uh, had the fire. You know how much longer what does it mean? Um, you know the, the you know we have this supposed deal with Japan. How much? When? You know, there's just a lot of of uh, irons in the air in um, the market's just trying to part of being a bottoming pattern here and that's why you keep seeing this choppy pattern. of it's, it's trying to rally then it fails and it's trying to break down and it fails. I think it's just trying to base trying to fit, trying to assimilate all this these cross currency that have been coming into the marketplace in the last couple of months.
0: Talking about that Tyson plant, USDA this week announcing that they're going to investigate to make sure there was no unfair trade practices or manipulations centering around that. Interesting enough, though, Tyson shares today making an all-time new high above $93 a share. So obviously Wall Street is not too concerned about this investigation coming from USDA.
1: It's not right now. I mean, I, don't, I don't think that they think it's a major issue. What they're seeing is this record processing margin at these beef plants and how much money they're making. Um, and, and, and thinking that the bottom line in the next quarter is going to be really, really good. And uh, maybe they're wrong about that, but I think they're viewing that is more important than the uncertainty over the investigation that they think probably won't go anywhere.
0: Now, we look over here into the class three milk market, and Sean, you're always one I enjoy talking to this one. You follow the market very, very closely, but we've taken a run at a nearby high going back towards the front end of the year, and we've kind of stalled out there. Are we going to try and maybe take another run at it and try and put in a double top on this market?
1: A pretty normal pattern. You know, you kind of make a high, you have an initial setback, and then you you run the market up and retest that area one more time, and then you and then you roll over seasonally. You know, August, late August, early September is the ideal time for a secondary top, and so we think that we're going to make a run at it, but we think it'll fail yet again, and then lead to a more protracted decline into the fall.
0: What are some fundamentals outside of the technical picture that could help this free milk market to try and push it higher?
1: Well, I mean, the real reason that the market's moving higher is because U.S. production has been flat to down for five straight months in a row. Very unusual, Clay, for that to happen. So I think the market's going to be looking specifically at herd liquidation, culling rates, replacement rates, and seeing if we can stabilize the herd here. If this herd starts stabilizing and our milk per cow continues to be strong, then we'll start to grow the production again. To me, that's the signal that the market needs to... Uh,
0: more formidably go down. Now, circling back around here to our beef and pork discussion earlier, exports this week coming out, that Japan looks like they're following through on their latest trade promises with the U.S. as they were the leader in uh, at least purchases for beef as well as the number one destination for beef, and they were in the top three destination for pork exports this week. So was that playing into traders' mindsets at all yet? Well, it's the
1: first bit of good news, Clay. We've had on exports for quite some time. Um, So it's... It's a nice breath uh, of fresh air. Is it enough to turn the sentiment around? <laughs> Not yet, but it, it, it's good to see that. If we can continue to see that week after week, you know, it'll start to work the market higher. Um, absent any Chinese buying, of course. So.
0: Now, we talked about hurricane impacts on the grain side of this equation, but Florida is home to quite a few cow-calf operations as well, a lot of the southeast. Do you think this could have any effect on the beef market?
1: I think it'd be pretty minimal. The only reason I say that is because um, uh, it, it doesn't look like it's going to stick around very long in Florida. Um, you know, it'd be kind of a, a minor flooding event. In Florida, our soils are sandy. You get 20 inches, 30 inches of rain. A week later, you don't even know there's a problem. And It's just the way our state is is, is constructed. And so um, I, I, there could be some minor issues, but I don't really see... A, A protracted problem from this particular hurricane, at least. We need to stick around much longer than it's expected to.
0: Looking at the big picture trade, we're going into a holiday weekend, so we have, we won't have any trade on Labor Day Monday. We'll come back in on Tuesday. What are traders, what's their mindset right now going to a weekend like this?
1: I think they're going to come in, honestly, and want to see what happened with the hurricane. Um, you know, what's going to happen in the next three, four days. I think they're going to start looking at, um, are there any, Frost forecasts starting to show up in the two to three week models uh, for grains, um, and I think they're going to you know see was there any you know what happened with President Trump tariffs did he raise them did they talk uh, you know anything good thing I, mean, I think those are the three primary things that the markets could be looking at is frost hurricane and trade talks.
0: Sean, for folks to contact you to discuss their marketing options further with you, what's the best way to do that?
1: Let's go to our website at Hackett, H-A-C-K-E-T-T, advisors.com. All kinds of good information there for them to see what we do
0: and how we might be able to help. Again, Sean Hackett, Hackett Financial Advisors, joining us today on the Fontenelle Final Bell. Thank you to Fontenelle Hybrids and all their dealers for their support. of The Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.